Well, good morning. I, uh, I'm not used to this, so you'll have to bear with me, but I feel like Garth Brooks. Only I have friends in high places and not low places. <laughs> that was a good one. All right. So uh, it's been my joy to be a part of this uh, Christmas series with Pastor. Uh, and this morning we're talking about the shepherd candle. It's just like when you give it an assignment, you're going, okay, I got to pre- preach on shepherds. And you go, you know everything about shepherds. You've read a story since you were a kid and preached a lot of times on it. And you feel a little bored with it. And then the Lord messes you up all week by the Spirit when you read the story. Just speaking to you, speaking to your heart. And, you know, I, I want to preface this um, in a place of humility because a lot of times when people talk about, I had this encounter with God and, you know, all that, those kind of things, that it can make people feel like, well, well, I don't ever have that. How many know we, all we do is seek and then the Lord is sovereign. He shows up whenever uh, at His purpose and His will. He's always there, but I'm talking about when you know it's extra, you know. And I had two of those this week. And uh, the first one, I haven't told Pastor this yet. The first one was when I was listening to the, the worship song, Transcendent. And I'm, I'm going to beg him, like, in the new year, you got to sing that song for me, you know. Uh, I don't know if a lot of you remember that song, Transcending Love. And, oh, it just messed me up. And But last night about 1130, uh, I was just laying in bed and kind of, you know, you're always... When you're preaching, you're pondering and going over what you're going to be talking about the next day. And I just felt an overwhelming presence of the Lord coming to the room that uh, I can honestly say that um, I haven't felt that kind of intensity of God's presence for a long time. And it's just, it's so encouraging. But I think what happens is that it really causes you to believe what you know God is saying and what God is speaking. Now, let me get a, the funny out of the way so they can get serious, but we're, we're doing the series of Revelation of Christmas, and so I was thinking about if, if the shepherd event happened today, this kind of be maybe what would happen. They would say, you know, that they would think they had a UFO experience. Uh, laser beams uh, shot out of their eyes. This is certainly a UFO experience. And then this next little funny, I thought, where the angel comes to share with them the good news and the shepherds say, oh, it's too late. It's already, it's already on Twitter. So anyway. But I told, uh, I, I prayed with Tom uh, he's in the prayer circle this morning with me, and I said he's the resident expert shepherd. I said if I get if I get any of the shepherd stuff wrong this morning, don't don't you know make any motions or anything in service. You can tell me after service, not to embarrass me too much. But I want to I want to share with you what the Lord downloaded in my heart this week about the shepherds and how that the picture of what God did in the story of Christmas how that it speaks to us and how we can respond to the Lord this morning by faith, believing that these things that God is highlighting in the lives of the shepherds, that God would highlight them in our hearts and our lives during the season of Christmas. Now I was thinking about, just real quickly, the shepherds that are in the Bible. This isn't all of them, but this is uh, some really important ones. Abel was a shepherd, and you know, right off the bat. Cain wasn't the shepherd, but Abel was a shepherd. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, who became Israel, the foundation of even the nation of Israel was by shepherds. 
Jacob's 12 sons, even including prior to his reigning, uh, he was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd for 40 years. David was a shepherd and, and became the king of Israel. And David became the lineage, great 39, I think if I remember right, 39th grandfather of Jesus. Amos was a shepherd. And then the shepherds of the advent of Christmas that we're going to talk about today. And then ultimately, the good shepherd that we heard about just a moment ago in that video clip about Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. And all of this was laid out as a picture to speak to us prophetically and to glean and understand from it. So let me just read the story to you that most of you know pretty well. Reading from the New Living Translation, Luke chapter 2 verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign Remember that. You will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, uh, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to the heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. They were amazed. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Can we just pray and you pray for me that the, I can get this out, you know, in, just, uh, in a fashionly time so you can go eat? No, I'm just kidding. But Lord, I just ask you right now, just I, I humbly come before you. I believe you've given me a prophetic picture and God, I pray most of all that this would not be just a Christmas story to people that have heard it many times, but you would make it personal and applicable to their lives right now and as we look to the future. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We take authority over all powers of the enemy in this place and over this place or anywhere in this uh, region, God. We say that the Word of God will go forth and accomplish what it was sent to accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was about uh, 15 years old, um, we didn't have a lot of money back then, and I, I was hunting with a old, um, it was an old Japanese rifle from World War II with no scope on it, and uh, trying to go hunting with that old crickety thing with, you know, with iron sights and such. And um, I had the opportunity in, when I was 16, it was in the year 19, 
1986, I was, believe it or not, I was a part of the FFA, for those of you that know what that stands for. I'm not a future farmer, but I, I was FFA for four years. And I showed my wife the jacket. She told me, uh, do not put that on. But anyway, uh, I, was, I had the opportunity, of all things, to do a project for that year of 1986. And my project ended up becoming raising two lambs. So I don't think that qualifies as a shepherd. But I did raise two lambs for one year. Had no clue what I was doing, but I did it. And then that fall in 1986 at the Buckwheat Festival, that's my hometown, uh, at the Buckwheat Festival, I, sh- I showed the lambs. I had to, and then they, they, whenever you, the kids show the lambs there, they buy them for five times what they're worth because they're not really worth that much. And, and from that check that I got for selling those lambs, I walked into the Western Auto and bought me my brand new first time ever 30-06 rifle. And that always has been the memory of my, my two lambs was that this six, when I was 16, I got my first new rifle. And so I was thinking about that, you know, I don't want to focus so much on the sheep, and even though that could be a great part of a sermon and message, I want to focus on the shepherds. And one of the things that, that I, as I was studying this out, and, and I, I, there's so many resources on this, some of you may have heard this, many of you probably haven't, but outside of the, the town of Bethlehem, Bethlehem's only about seven miles from Jerusalem. And so outside of the town of Bethlehem, over the hillsides is where these shepherds were and where these sheep, uh, these sheep, <laughs> where these sheep were. And uh, one of the things that uh, some of you may know this, but still even today, they have the area that are the fields up on the, and when you have to think, it, this doesn't look like Scotland or Ireland with, you know, rolling green pastures. These are rocky kind of arid places. But there's this area outside of Bethlehem on the hills there. It's called the shepherd's field. And so this is actually where these shepherds were. So there was something distinctive about these shepherds because in the shepherd's field, they actually raised the lambs that were going to be offered at sacrifices in the temple in Jerusalem. So they were sacrificial lambs. So these shepherds that were watching these, uh, these sheep, and they weren't just the, the shepherds that are, you know, just watching sheep for market. And, and the, these were watching these sheep that were set apart and that were specifically to be sacrificed for the sins of Israel. Isn't it amazing that it is to these shepherds that the Lord comes? That the Lord sends the angels and the message. And the shepherds were watching and guarding these sheep. And the word of the Lord comes to them and says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And if there was any shepherds that would have understood what that meant, it was the shepherds that were, they were serving the temple. They were serving these sacrificial lambs. And the message that is a divine encounter message from the angels of God that this, this lamb, this Messiah was, was born. I remember what John the Baptist said when Jesus walked along the Jordan River. He said, he didn't say this because of some intellectual or some theological point. He said it because the Holy Spirit had, had come upon him. And he says, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. The sacrificial lambs that they were watching was about ready to end according to heaven because a sacrificial lamb was being born in, in Bethlehem in a manger. 
the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord. And, and he says this very specifically, the angel, and says, and this shall be a sign unto you. This is, the, 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 the wording in the Greek here is, it means that this is going to be a sign that is going to speak something specifically to you, something special to you that a lot of other people may not catch it, but you will catch it because it's a sign unto you. How many know God sometimes speaks things to you? Nobody else could might understand it. Nobody else might catch it, but it's personal to you. And this is kind of the setup in this divine encounter. He says, you're going to find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly. This is, uh, that was King James. This is uh, New Living. And in, in, uh, you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now, one of the things that I did in studying this, and one of the, one of the best charismatic um, Bible scholars that I believe in America is a guy named Rick Renner. Renner however, last name, Renner. And one of the things that I was doing some research through uh, the things that he talked about, and I I'd heard this before, but just wanted to make sure, because I knew a shepherd was here, and I would get in trouble if I said it wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that, that these strips of cloths were actually used for brand new uh, birth lambs. They would wrap the lambs now, what do you have to understand? You think of a barn or a wood stable that it was more likely a cave or a building built out of rocks. There's not wood and trees there to, to build. But in, in those places, they had these strips of cloths that were cut off, especially in, I don't know what time of year this is exactly, but that when lambs are birthed, they wrap the lambs in these strips of cloth. That even, in, in some sense, they talked about that they found out that they actually would even wrap their legs in it because right at first at birth, they can't stand on their own, and so they wrap their legs so they won't buckle. And so these were specific things that were used by shepherds, these swaddling clothes that we've made some kind of tight wrap baby in the, you know, in the picture, but these are actually strips of cloth that were used for lambs, and these shepherds understood that and what it was and what it meant, and the angel said specifically, this is a sign that you are going to recognize when a lot of others, but the babe's going to be wrapped in these swaddling clothes or in these strips of linen. And so this is the picture of the Lamb of God, everything that God had done for, you know, thousands of years leading up to this moment, because Christ was born in due season, in due season Christ was born, specific time, remember, the, the conversions, and in this moment Christ is born, and He is now saying that there is a breaking away from the old, Moses came and brought the law, who was a shepherd, Right? John chapter 1, Moses came, and by Moses, through Moses came the law, but through Jesus comes grace and mercy, because the new shepherd doesn't bring the law, he fulfills the law and moves us into grace and mercy, because he is the new sacrificial lamb that is for all who believe, all of us, amen? And so, in that, I'm studying this, and it just felt like the Lord gave me some pictures that were characteristics of the shepherds and what was happening in this moment of time, the advent, the coming of Jesus. And so, let me just kind of go through these. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them, but I want us to respond 
as we look and see these characteristics, these prophetic pictures in the life of the shepherds, that we want to respond to them personally and what God wants to say to us concerning that characteristic. So the first one, if there we go, the first one, they seemed like unlikely candidates for this monumental message. I mean, if the Savior of the Lord, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords is going to be born, the message you would think would go to high-ranking politicians, it would definitely be in the White House. <laughs> Not the White House. It would definitely be, it would definitely be in, the, in Herod's ca- uh, palace. It would definitely be, you know, in Rome. It would definitely be to some important, distinguished philosopher or man. But no, it didn't go the message, the crescendo message of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Savior, the Deliverer, the Christ. It came to shepherds, the unlikely. A lot of it, you know, times we think of shepherds, you know, kind of like prestigious or kind of like this, you know, fairy tale book, you know, child story of shepherds. But shepherds were more like uh, ranch hands, you know. They were rough they were, they were out with smelly sheep all the time. They, a lot of days they didn't get to clean up and take a bath. And, and so they were known as kind of more the ruffians, the more uh, of the people that a lot of people even consider them, as I was reading uh, about that day, a lot of them considered the outcast. They weren't in the temple every Sabbath, you know, all those kind of things. And so they were considered kind of the outcast. But the Lord doesn't go to who we think he's going to go to. He goes to the unlikely. And I was thinking, man, that is so exciting. Woo! Yeah. You know, because we might feel like we're unlikely. My family is unlikely. My, my, in my life, what, you know, what have I accomplished? Who am I? I'm an, uh, unlikely. But I, I love this quote, and this is what I felt like in saying, what, you know, God's saying this specifically for us. God chooses the unlikely to do the unimaginable. I want you to understand something that it may seem like that Fairmont is the unlikely. It may feel like your family's the unlikely. It may seem like, uh, you know, something that would be bring worldwide attention as far as a move of God, that this would be an unlikely place for it to happen. That's exactly where God will do it. That's exactly where God will show up. It's in the unlikely places and with an unlikely people that he will do the unimaginable. He will do the extraordinary. So God, we just say right now, we feel like we're unlikely, so we're candidates. We're candidates for you to come and move and for us to see the miraculous, to see the extraordinary, God. Because just like the shepherds, we might look unlikely, but God, you choose the unlikely. So we say yes and we respond yes to you in Jesus' name. The second thing is that they had an amazing supernatural encounter. Now, the, the reality is, I, I really thought about this, and I didn't change it, and I should have. I, I just don't like the word supernatural. Number one, it's not in the Bible. And number two, it just means a super of the natural. And I want you to understand that the realm of the Spirit is not natural. It, it's not even supernatural. It is heaven. It is the kingdom. It's superior. It is superior to everything in the natural. And so these unlikely people have an, an amazing supernatural encounter that 2,000 years later, we're talking about their encounter and what they experienced with God. 
I, I don't know whether you realize this, and I was thinking about this and even weeping. I, I was listening to a message from John Kilpatrick yesterday that's very recent. John Kilpatrick uh, was the pastor uh, years ago of Brownsville, and he's now in Alabama. And God has just been doing and speaking through him really powerfully recently. But he had a picture that uh, what the enemy has done from especially from the time of COVID till now. So basically, believe it or not, we're like three years in it, that there's been a sense of in, uh, spirit of infirmity and spirit of heaviness that has tried to come over the church globally, worldwide. And what, what he was saying that as he's sharing this vision that the Lord gave him, it's amazing because the vision that he's seen was that this was the condition, but God was bringing a wind and that wind was going to blow off what has tried to, to, to reside on the church. And, you know, I know that a lot of you have different backgrounds as far as Christianity. Some, some of you are like, I've got no background at all. You're the best, you know. <laughs> but, but you have different backgrounds from Christianity and, and such. And, and I don't know, a lot of times people say you can take things too far. I feel like we're at a place in our nation and in our world that if it's not going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit, it is not going to happen. It is nothing else that's going. We are in a place and in uh, a situation. We are in a mindset. Everything is in in, in a, a place in the church right now. We can rely on nothing other than in a move of God, an encounter with God. And I, when I was thinking about this last night and about the uh, the angels, this encounter that rocked these shepherds. And I, I don't, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself because this is in the notes. But I prayed about this, and I'm thinking about it, and, pray, and I felt like the Lord says, you're going to get to meet these guys. I, I felt like that, get just like, because why? I feel, I think these shepherds and probably these shepherds' kids were part of the early church. They were right there while this is all going on. I don't know about you, if I was there on that moment, I would be part of the early church. <laughs> and so what I'm saying is that, yes, I believe the Lord's coming back soon, but I, I'm, I don't feel like he's done yet. He's got something that he wants to do before his return. And in that, there's got to be an expectation that we have as God's people that things are not going to just stay the way they are, but God has something of great encounter for us. Maybe you've never experienced that. Maybe you've had experienced it in the past, but God wants to do something fresh in this hour. So I, I just put it this way. It's time for an increase of, of supernatural encounter and just cross out the word supernatural. My wife talked me out of that word on the way here. Don't use that word. You know, so just how about a heaven encounter, a kingdom encounter? Lord, we just say increase the kingdom encounter. Heaven come. Heaven come. Heaven come in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, Lord. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Come in this hour as it looks in, in the natural that the church is beat down and under heaviness and even sickness, God, we say in this hour, when it looks unlikely, when it looks like it isn't going to happen, God, we pray you would come now in the midst of us. We humble ourselves. It's not about us. It's about you, Jesus. Come, Lord. 
Come in Jesus' name. Number three is that sometimes we need to see things in the Spirit so that we will believe them. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. When I see them in the Spirit, when I see them, I will believe them. They, they heard the message. They heard the message. They had the encounter. They've seen the angels. And one of the things that's very important is that they believed it. They believed what they seen. They believed what they heard. And of course, you would say, well, who could not? Who, anybody that have an encounter like that would have to believe. But, you, but then when I was, was thinking that, the Lord immediately brought to my mind Judas. Judas seen way more than this. He's seen the dead rise. He's seen the lame walk. He's seen the blind see. And still, he came to a place of unbelief. So don't think it can happen. But what, what happened with the shepherds is they heard and they believed. They seen it and they believed it. And, 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 and I, this is something that I was thinking about yesterday. I don't know if I can articulate it. But faith is birthed out of an encounter. I... I I don't know. Some people, I, I've said this to people before and they get mad and they say, I don't believe that. I, I believe it with all my heart because I know at times when I'm not having faith, when I'm not believing, when I feel like unbelief is coming. You know, but I'll go into the presence of the Lord and sometimes I can't manufacture it, but as I try to pursue the Lord, the Lord will bring an encounter and all of a sudden, I'm telling you, in that moment in the encounter is when I believe the most. I'm like, yeah, we can do this, you know. It's so happy. But it's in that moment of encounter that my faith is birthed. And, you know, think about that it says no one comes to the Lord unless the Spirit draws him. So that, what is the drawing of the Spirit? It is a, it's that moment of encounter, and then you have a choice in that encounter whether to respond by faith. And when you respond by faith, it moves you into the miraculous in what God wants to do. Um, I said that earlier. Honestly, believe the shepherds will be with us in eternity. And uh, <laughs> this is just me. I was just, as a side note, I want to ask them, so how scared were you? <laughs> I was just <laughs> like, did you have to go change britches before you went? But, but anyway, so let, let's just say, Lord, open the eyes of our heart. Open the eyes of our heart where unbelief has come in. Even over the last few years with all the heaviness that's been pushed on the world and the church, uh, the politics, all the things that have just tried to drive us down. Lord, let, let us just get rid of those things and open the eyes of our heart that we might see you. And we want to respond as the disciples did. Help us in our unbelief. We do believe, but Lord, we want to believe more. Help us overcome any unbelief in our lives and we even right now in everything that's going on in our life the the enemy has sent a spirit of unbelief in us because of what we've seen take place around us but we take authority in the name of Jesus right now and we say you spirit of unbelief get out of our hearts get out of our family get out of our lives get out of this church in Jesus name help us Lord in our unbelief help us in our un in our unbelief and bring faith to us in Jesus name number four what they believe compelled them to do something about it and I feel like uh, pastor and I've been talking about maybe even the kind of the substance of this being a kind of prophetic insight for the new year as we step into it but if I believe something it's going to compel me to do something about it and let me just say today, it's, going to, it's good that we hear a word and we get excited like, whoa, yeah, but now what am I going to do about it? I, I'm, I'm believing something in this moment, but I've got to be, have that faith compel me to act, to do something. James, which is the half-brother of Jesus, says, thus all faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. 
it meaning that then I've got to put into action that which I say I believe in. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. And listen to this last part, because everybody remembers that part. But he says, he has created us anew in Christ. So what happened? I believed. I came into Christ. I've been made new now so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Meaning that now that I believe, now I'm in Christ. And now I'm able to put into action what he, what has been created in me. And now I'm going to accomplish good works. Not because that I'm a good person or did the right things. It is because I'm now in Christ. And I've been empowered to do what I was not able to do before then. Amen? So, faith, Lord, help us to put our faith into action. 2023, we don't want to just talk about it. We want to do it. Paul said that he didn't come in word only, but he came in the power of the Spirit. We want to put our faith into action that goes beyond our ability, but it's your ability in us in Jesus' name. Number five. The priority to pursue Jesus. Some of you are going, how many is there? And the priority to pursue Jesus. The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this uh, thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby. And what I, what I felt like the Lord was just saying is that God is asking of us, to set a new priority of seeking Him and pursuing Him as we enter this new year. And even let Christmas be the, the, the starting line. But that in this new year, that we put seeking Him first as our priority. I mean, it's easy for us to say that, but how many know that we can just go like, oh yeah. It, you know, meaning that, do we really do it? Is it really happening? Jeremiah 29, 13 you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Lord, we ask you. you ask, we ask for your in, empowerment and help. But we, what we want to see happen in our lives in this next season is that we seek you with all of our heart. We pursue you. We want to be just like the shepherds that got the message. Okay, let's hurry and get to where he is. God, let that be our heart's cry in Jesus' name. Number six. Their pursuit led to the intimate encounter with the Son of God. They got to be exactly where Jesus was. He is present. They were able to enter right into His presence. And there was an intimacy with Jesus. Lord, we just pray for that. Lord, any place in our life that we've lost intimacy with You, or maybe You never even had it, God, we pray for a year that we move into of new intimacy with You, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Number seven. They returned home changed and with a new hope. The shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. They, they had to go back and go back to work. I'm sorry, you know, after, you know, even when you go to revival and God's moving, you still got to go back to work, you know. You got to go wash dishes and mow the lawn. You still got to go back. But we don't have to go back the same that we came. And that's what happened with the shepherds. They didn't go back the same they came because they encountered God and they went back glorifying and praising God because there was a new hope in them and they had been changed. And this is what was anticipating in their heart is they knew the best was yet to come. How many know the best is yet to come? 
And Lord, we just declare that and we believe that, that the best is yet to come. It's not about my age or anything going on in my life, my bank account. It's about, God, that you have the best wine for last. In Jesus' name, last wine. We've made it. I think it's the last one. Yes. Number eight and the last one, they couldn't keep it to themselves. They, well, I'm just not very good at witnessing. <laughs> because you tried to go to a witnessing class and learn how to witness. They didn't learn how to witness like that. They encountered God and they couldn't believe, you won't believe what happened. They, an angel showed up. I heard this word. I ran down. We went down. He was there. And when we got there, it was just like they said. And, and not only that, when it was like when he went, they went to see Jesus. It wasn't like, okay, it checked all the boxes. But they felt the glory of God that confirmed everything. And when that happens, you can't just say, well, I don't want to make anybody mad. I ain't, I don't, I'm go, not about making somebody mad. I want to tell them about what I have experienced. And they couldn't keep it to themselves. And, and I was thinking about this in a weird way of, of closing this idea. But for as lightning that comes from the east is visible, even the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man. And what I realized is that now they carried the message of the second advent. Meaning this, he's already there and they share about him, but there is coming now this, this continual process of what Jesus was going to do on earth that I really believe that some of these were still alive 33 years later. And if not, they heard their dad tell them the story. And then all of a sudden, now there's this carrying the message of the second advent. And I kind of put it this way. The, the shepherds were messengers of the first advent coming. You are messengers of the second advent of the coming of Jesus Christ. Amen? And I, I don't know who got it better, but I kind of feel like maybe we got it better. <laughs> you know, because it kind of brings like the final nail in the enemy's coffin, you know, where the, where the Lord comes back. But you are messengers of that. And so Christmas is a time that we look back and we give thanks for all that Jesus accomplished during his first coming. But we also to know that it's not the end of the story, but the same Jesus will return. So we look to the future with great hope and anticipation. Amen? Amen. Merry Christmas. Let's go ahead and stand together. Um, let's lift our heads before the Lord. I'm amazed at how the sense of affirming word of the Holy Spirit to each of our hearts and to us as a corporate body. You probably feel it too. Something stirring down inside of you. Would you allow your heart to express intimate worship before Jesus right now? Would you just do that? This is going to be a season of whispers. Intimate whispers from the Lord. It's time to clear things out of your life.
Lord's going to write some new stuff. It's a new page, new chapter. Every single point that Todd just declared to us is driving like digging a deep well in our spirit. You are His workmanship. You are His masterpiece. There are things you're going to do now that you haven't been able to step in. Go ahead and lift your head. I decree over you fearlessness. Fearlessness. Confidence. Peaceful boldness. Praise him. Just praise him. The Lord has us standing in his presence. See the Lord clearing away things in your life. Clearing out the clutter. Clearing out the world. Washing your heart. Making you new. You will not cower. You will not be afraid. There is a strength in the Spirit of God. Those of you baptized in the Spirit, just lift up, just pray. If you're not yet, just go ahead and fill up this room with thankfulness. The Lord is going to open a door that hasn't been opened yet. And there's access coming from His realm to ours and our realm to His. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't lean on the former. Cultivate a receptive heart. Jesus has come to link arms with you. It doesn't matter what's around you. In the spirit realm, they'll see Jesus. There is a hunger in the land rising because of the torment of souls. They are headed to where the light is. Go ahead and determine in your heart. I will be. I will be 
light in Christ Jesus in this dark world. I will be that light. Jesus will be full in me. Let's praise Him again. Praise Praise you, Jesus. There's a change in our mentality. The Lord is fine-tuning our ability to perceive ourselves. Let's praise Him. Let's just praise Him. The Lord's just working here. He's just working here. Thank you, Lord. Nowhere in your life will you need to huff and puff in your flesh to accomplish anything. God's coming. God's coming. And joy unspeakable will begin to manifest in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church, we're on holy ground. We're on holy ground. Thank you, Jesus. Those uh, up here are going to be praying. Come on up right quick. We're going to dismiss. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I felt it on a very personal note. You all don't understand the story. Timing is everything. In the fullness of time, God sent his son. Todd and Nicole came out to West Virginia to plant a church. When they arrived, the team that they had formed evaporated. Now what were he going to do? And there was an offer for a church and an offer for another one. No no witness in the Spirit. Three different situations went by and they were nothing, nothing, nothing going on. And that's when the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, call Todd Cyrus. And I called him. And the Lord had removed everything and said, now he's going to come here and be with you. How many of you sense the Lord in this positioning? other things that have already been set in motion by the Lord. You guys know me. I don't want to miss any of it. You don't want to miss any of it. Let me go ahead and tell you. God has already figured out your next steps. He's already got your kids as evangelists and prophets and kingdom builder. 
will not allow the adversary to steal anything else. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Dominion. Dominion. Thank you, Jesus. Love on each other. By the way, if you have not settled something in your heart with the Lord, you feel like you need to come on down and uh, someone will pray with you. Love on each other. Hey, what? Here's what I want to ask you to do. You want to come and receive prayer because of that declaration that we're on holy ground. Take off your shoes when you come down here. As an act of faith, say, Lord, I'm going to allow you to establish something new in me. Amen. You're dismissed. Love on each other.